right, hello everyone, and welcome to week number two of Preacher Talk. Uh, we're we're so thankful for how the Lord used us last week, and uh, we look forward to how He's going to use it again. We're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we'll get started. I'm going to ask Brother Joe if he'll open us up with a word of prayer. Yes, yeah, sure. Let's pray, guys. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for another day of life. God, we thank you for another day where we get to serve you. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have in front of us, Lord, where we get to gather together, not physically, but God, spiritually. And Father, that promise you say that where two or three may gather in my name and agree in these things, I'll be in the midst. And God, I thank you for that. So, Father, I pray that you would help us uh, tonight. God, I pray that you would meet with us. God, I pray that you would touch uh, the preacher as um, he challenges us. God, I pray that you would just um, give him liberty. God, give him exactly what I stand in need of. Father, I know that I need a good word tonight. Father, I know that there are some people that are going to be watching this tonight, Lord, that need encouragement, God, that need a stirring. So, Father, I pray that they would find that in this podcast. Lord, I pray that you continue to be with Brother Drew and his family uh, through this time of loss. Father, I pray, dear Lord, that you would just um, continue to comfort them. God, continue to give them that peace. And, Lord, I do pray for our country, um, Lord, during this coronavirus. Father, I pray that somehow, some way, you would use this time to send revival to our nation. Father, I pray that you wouldn't revive us through this. Father, I pray that you would revive us in this coronavirus. God, give us victory in this coronavirus. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the honor. Lord, we'll give you all the glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Micah, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Okay. I am Micah Renfro. I'm originally from Wilson, North Carolina, on the eastern side of North Carolina. I grew up there my whole life. I was saved at 12 years old, grew up in a preacher's home. Um, we'll go into all my testimony, but the Lord uh, called me to preach. I surrendered to preach a year ago this past March. And I moved to Anderson, South Carolina in this past fall in September. And I'm attending Carolina Bible College in Anderson, South Carolina with Pastor Hurt and Dr. Brent Carr at a Temple Baptist Church. Amen. We're going to let Brother Joe introduce our special guest for week number two. Well, we don't really need to introduce this guy because I'm yeah. pretty sure everybody knows uh, yep. Preacher Hurst. But uh, this is one of the heroes, of, one of my heroes of the faith, and I'm sure these guys can say the same thing. Amen. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, tell you what he, where he pastors. I'll let him do that. But he is uh, one of our teachers in Carolina Bible College, and man, has he helped me. And, uh, I, you know, you can, Brother Mike and Brother Alex, you can say this. You can go to your first outline and then look at your outline now and say, wow, look at the things that I've learned. You know, it, it's sure. pretty crazy all the things that Pastor Hurt taught us. But, um, Pastor Hurt, you can just tell us, uh, tell the people where you're from, and then you can just go right into your challenge. Okay. Well, I appreciate the opportunity today to be able to come on and do this. I love, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, I am, as they said, Steve, I am at Temple Baptist in South Carolina, and uh, my, uh, my son-in-law's friend Carr, and uh, I actually taught him in Bible college, and uh, and you some know me by my other son-in-law, one of my other son-in-laws, which is C.T. Townsend, which he is a uh, uh, an evangelist pastor now, and uh, so... That's that's who my people are. The the, the Carolina Bible College uh, is actually on the campus at Temple Baptist, where I pastor, and uh, it's uh, it's been a great experience. I have for 
30 plus years, taught Bible college. And uh, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoy every minute of it. And since we have started uh, Carolina Bible College, uh, it has, uh, it's really been a, I don't know, it's been like a boost to me, if that makes any sense uh, to you. But I just, uh, I love having uh, preacher boys. And forgive me, calling you preacher boys. You get my age, everybody's a boy, you know. Uh, but uh, but I love having preachers, uh, in, young preachers in my life, and and older preachers too, for that matter. And uh, it's just a tremendous blessing to be able to do all this. And uh, I'd like to say this: the people that I'm talking to tonight, uh, and and the people that would be listening to a. a uh, broadcast like this one, uh, you're among a select few in that you have some direction with what God's going to do with your life. Now, you may not know if you're going to be a pastor, youth director, whatever, but y'all, all of you know uh, my life's going to be ministry. And that is a certain select group of people. Uh, in the Bible, when the children of Israel crossed into the promised land, uh, it was referred to in the Bible as the abundant Christian life. And the abundant Christian life, that's not a, 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 where you, you go and it's just joy all the time and all that goes with that. No, these people, when they cross that, that, uh, that uh, into, from at Kadesh, when they, when they crossed into the promised land, they pulled their swords out and went to battle. And that's what the people I'm speaking to right now, that's the category you fall in. When you made it, when you guys made a decision, I'm going to Bible college, I'm going in some kind of ministry. Some of you know what kind of ministry, some of you don't, but you know it's going to be ministry. When you did that, it is figuratively as though you moved into the abundant Christian life. Uh, and uh, you have moved in, you've, you've gone to battle uh, and you are doing battle now. Uh, the things that you face are very often going to be in uh, right now, probably in recent months. Uh, they are uh, their spiritual warfare because the enemy's no fool. Been he's been doing this forever. He knows what you're going to do, and, and, I, and I mean that within reason. I'm talking about he has seen this a thousand times before. Somebody like you surrenders to preach or surrenders to ministry or surrenders to a part of God's work. Uh, he wants that shut down and he's going to make automobiles quit. He's going to make refrigerators break down. Uh, he's going to, he's going to uh, uh, cause financial difficulties. You will not go to Bible college and it be smooth. Nobody does. I don't know of anybody that just that, that was just a cakewalk, but that's a part of it. And so you need to thank God, not because of spiritual warfare, obviously, but we need to you, you need to thank God. You need to be thankful that this early in life, he has revealed to you what your assignment is. Uh, that That's such a tremendous thing. I, I'll say this, and I have no doubt this is true. Most Christians live and die and never know why God put them on this earth. What a hellish way to live and die. 
never know why God put me on this earth. You, you've got at least a hint toward of it. Most of you have more than that. Uh, God is, uh, God's, God's working in your life. You've already learned a good deal about what it's like to hear from God. Otherwise, you wouldn't signed up for Bible college. Uh, God knows, I don't think this is something that you do just because it's a wild hair. You do this because God put it on you to do it. You need to thank Jesus every morning that he has selected you to work in ministry, number one, but that you even know it uh, as far as the guys I'm talking to immediately right here, you know it so early in life too. What a wonderful thing it is. Uh, I started in ministry uh, at about 14, 15 years old, and uh, I thought it was going to be music. I traveled with quartets, and that was my world as, as a teenager. That's how I came through my teenage years was traveling with quartets and stuff. And and uh, I actually met my wife. Uh, my wife was is Brenda Roop. Uh, used to have the Roops, the, the group, the Roops. Uh, and uh, one of the things that connected us was was my songwriting. Uh, and so I started out ministry real young. Started out that way. Then went into the revival circuit with an evangelist. And, uh, and while I, while I was in that, I did I did music. He did uh, preaching. And did that for a long time and then uh, went from there uh, to working in the church ministry and very early on started teaching Bible college. And so I've taught in about four different Bible colleges uh, over a period of 30 plus years. And so it's just a wonderful thing to watch people uh, in, uh, go into the ministry. Uh, C.T. Townsend was one of my students. Uh, Brent Carr was one of my students. Jonathan McNeese was one of my students. Uh, uh, the list goes on and on. Malcolm Carter is one of my students. And uh, and these are all guys that have went on and done something wonderful in ministry. Uh, Robbie Burton is uh, was one of my students. And uh, so anyway, I have no doubt in my mind that the people that's on the screen in front of me right now on this, this uh, Zoom video, I have no doubt that y'all have great ministries, great futures in front of you. God's going to use you greatly. Uh, I will tell you this. I have over years, over 30 plus years doing this. You see them come, you see them go, see them come, see them go. And you have, uh, you can see trends. You know what I'm saying? You can see certain trends that people that come through people and you, and I, I don't know how to word it. I, you develop a little bit of a nose uh, for for who's going to do something to minister and who's not. And there are some that have come through that have, have not accomplished that much. And they're, you know, they're, you know, they, they're not out there to impress me. Uh, but I'm just saying that I feel good about the guys I'm talking to right now. I feel like God's going to do something. Yeah, there's a lot there that God has given you to offer. If that makes sense. Uh, I can I sense that. And so I feel good about it. But anyway, that's all I got for you as far as that part goes. Uh, you said that you wanted to ask uh, some questions, and I'm all about it. If, yes, I, if I know the answer, I'll give you one. And if I don't, I'll say, I don't know. <laughs> That's how it works. Amen.
So. We'll uh we'll open it up with questions, and I'd like to start. Um, Brother Hurt, my my dad and my granddad have both been pastors and in, in ministry for years, and uh, I, I've seen them do this well sometimes. But as a pastor, and uh, now dealing with college living, how do you find that right balance between your family time and ministry time? How do you find that balance, and how do you work that together? Well, uh, I think your dad. And your granddad both have set have been in my Bible, my college classes. Am I right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was, well, I was remembering, uh, and which is that's neat to me, you know. To it just occurred to me. I don't think I've ever ever talked to the third generation, especially <laughs> like this. That's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, but as far as balance and family and uh, uh, with ministry, uh, I'm gonna be on. I'm just be a dead honest with you. Uh, my family has always been so deeply ingrained in ministry that it it really just wasn't uh, it, it just never was an issue. Uh, all of us uh, was completely neck deep in ministry. All of us were, uh, you know, we just if if I've got to go do something ministering to somebody, uh, Brenda, my wife. It would never occur to her uh, to try to talk me out of it and go do something with her. Uh, and and uh, a lot of times at my house, uh, I'm in my office at my house right now, and and it's right off the living room, and I can I can see her where she sits in there uh, through the door. And and a lot of times we wind up talking to each other like that <laughs> through this door down here. Uh, but it's not uncommon for many times for me to be on the phone in here with one person she's on the phone with another person and we're trying to uh, we're trying to walk them through life's problems as best as we can with our simple minds uh but uh so you know frankly I, i'm probably not a good guy to ask that uh when as far as uh when i was raising becky which is ct townsend's wife now i was raising katie carr which was uh which is brent carr uh his wife when i was raising them we just drugged them in and out of church we everything that we did we just we just drug them with us and uh they never knew another life and and see it was you know it was all, it was all good days but, but anyway i'm just saying we just we didn't we didn't struggle with that but i know that it can be a big struggle and uh you know if if you've got a wife uh, that's not about ministry, then, you know, what it is, what it is, but you, you do have, you do, you must spend time with them. Uh, Brenda and I are together most of the time, uh, but we're ministering most of the time. And so that's how it is in my world. You know, uh, give me another question. Well, Yes, sir. I got one for you. Um, if there was one thing that you could do over in your ministry, what would it be? Wow. One thing I could do over. Yes, sir. Like what would what would something be like something that you've experienced that you would want to go ahead and tell us so that we can you know use it in the journey ahead? I, I guess I guess that's a better way to say it. Uh, 
I am, those that know me know that I am neck, I mean, I am just engulfed with the, the with prayer. I mean, I'm just about it. Uh, I have got a, I don't know if you've been seeing the videos. Yes, at eight Yeah. Uh, where I've got a, I call it a prayer pad, which is a, a pad down by a pond behind my house. That's where I like to go pray when the weather's good enough that I can. Uh, but uh, that's not what my, I, I, I didn't start being as deep into prayer. I don't mean praying deep. Uh, I'm talking about uh, being a serious prayer warrior. I didn't start that till I was and I, I do regret that. I wish that, uh, you know, I mentioned what I at one time was really involved in the songwriting world, business, whatever, gospel songwriting. But uh, I, I discovered in that that the Lord, the only reason he had me doing that was to teach me to pray. And uh, that, that's what, that was the tool God used for me to learn. Uh, I, I wanted this so bad. He gave it to me to some degree, uh, to large degree, and uh, but but God taught me to pray things in, so to speak, and to be able to actually communicate with Him. You know, the Bible teaches us that there are four ways that God speaks to us in our day. Four ways. Uh, does it? Do you guys? Do you know what one of those ways are? Does any of you know that? Yes, sir. Tell me. Tell me people. one of them. So, sir? People. People. That's one of them. That's the sure. second way that God speaks to us. Just through people. And then what's another way? His word. His word. That's a primary way that God speaks to us. Yeah. He speaks to us through the word. Sometimes you'll read the verse. You'll be in the you'll be in uh, maybe in a bad way, going through things. You'll read a verse and you know that verse is for you. You know that verse is for right now. It's like it stands up on the page and he, and and God speaks to you through his word that way. And then sometimes God speaks to you through people, just like you said. People being, uh, it can be a friend of yours. It can be a man on a video like this one, like myself. Uh, it can, uh, God, God spoke to people sometimes uh, through lost people people even in the bible that's that's a whole other subject i won't get into uh but it speaks to us that's kind of each end of the spectrum the word and people but in the middle there's two other ways that he speaks to us one that is also a secondary way is that he speaks to us uh, through circumstances uh maybe no words are said but those circumstances are screaming and uh he'll speak to you through your circumstances and then the other primary way, and we kind of went back and forth bouncing here, but the other primary way that you speak to is in your heart. Uh, sometimes it's called conviction. He'll convict you about things. He'll speak to you about that. Uh, sometimes it's uh, a joy. Uh, he'll, he'll put joy in your heart about a certain thing. Uh, and he'll, he'll, he'll nudge you toward things, nudge you away from things. Uh, and so he speaks to you those four ways. And so my greatest, I, I would have loved to have known that. I'd, I'd, lo I'd love to have experienced that at your age. Uh, I, I didn't. 
Uh, I didn't learn that till later. Uh, but anyway, uh, if I if I if I could have something that I could do different, have done differently, I would have pursued prayer long before I did. And I always prayed to some degree, but but nothing like now. And anyway, that's the only thing I'd like to have seen be have been different. Uh, Micah, you got one? Yes. Um, I guess one of the questions that I have, we talked about it the other day. Um, you know, how do you, how would you suggest um, as a preacher in the and being in the ministry, you handle criticism, uh, especially when it comes from, say, close family, close friends? Um, you know, how do you handle that? What do you suggest? Well, in a right spirit, you know. Yes. Yes. The right well, balance. Jesus, I'm sorry. With the with right balance, you know. Right, yeah. You know, the the greatest leader in the Bible, without question, was Jesus. And he never let people people's words affect how he saw himself. And what that's what we've got to do. Now if you know, sometimes people will criticize you. And uh, it's a blessing because you needed to be criticized. You need to have the alarm sounded about right. something that you're doing or some way you're approaching something. You know, I don't know what, whatever it's, it's hypothetical, but uh, but you can you can have uh, different things uh, that you're criticized about that can that can be be to your advantage. Sure. But then when but some people are criticizing you to hurt you. And you know that they are. And uh, you know what? We've, we're we red-blooded American guys. If somebody hurts us, you know, our our nature is let's go bang them on the nose. You know what I'm saying? That's our nature. Uh, it, uh, it, you know, I miss that. Uh, <laughs> I miss those days to some degree. But that's carnal, yeah. of course. Uh, but but don't, don't let... Don't let these people don't don't let them don't let them change how you see yourself. That's what Jesus didn't do. Man, if if he would have went by, you know, at the end, that the, it appeared, you know, as a visual, it appeared the whole world is screaming, "Crucify!" Mm. My disciples have run for their life. I hadn't got nothing left but a mama and one disciple standing down here. And, you know, it doesn't, doesn't look like things turned out well. But what they're saying to you, and, or, and more likely about you, uh, it is it has no bearing on your future whatsoever. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't, uh, doesn't determine anything. And I love what Paul said. Uh, if I can remember what he said, he said something like, uh, uh, I don't judge you and I don't, and, uh, you can't, and, and you might as well not judge me. He said, I don't even judge myself. Uh, Corinthians somewhere. First part of one of the chapters, first couple of verses, uh, might've been Thessalonians, but it, it, that's, that's it. It, it don't, it don't matter. But Jesus, oh, he just never, he, I mean, you know what I'm saying? And I know he, I know he was the Lord. He always knew in the back, back of his mind, I'm God. 
know what I'm saying? Now he was he was inside bars of flesh, but he knew who he was, and he knew where he was going, and he wasn't going to stop. To where was he going? Well, he's going to the cross, and uh, he set his face like a flint toward Jerusalem, regardless of what anybody said, and and he did not try to keep the bad things, the suffering from happening, because that's why it came. We've got to be like that. We've got to determine who we are, what God wants us to do, and words cannot, we cannot allow words to stop us. There's many people have quit the ministry over what that I mean, many that can't, yes, sir. Be, can't be. It don't matter if you wind up in prison. There's a, there's a ministry there. It doesn't matter. I said we use Jesus for the Amen. Yes, sir. Um, Brandon, uh, preacher, um, let me say this. This Micah, this is what my pastor told me, and it's helped me ever since. I, I asked him that same question. He said, Brother Joe, he said, they can criticize your performance, but don't let them criticize your person. They can criticize what you do, but don't let them criticize who you are. Mm. And that has stuck with me, and that's exactly what Preacher Hurt just said in it. It just rekindles in my mind. Every, like every time somebody says something, you know, it happens in ministry. People talk about you, but every single time that that just rekindles in my mind and in my heart. And that's been a help. So, Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. But Good Alex, point. you got one? I got one. Um, I've heard you mention about um, your first wife and how you went through the Bible and like described that you had scripture to back up into remarrying, but you never went into detail about it. Could you go into detail about remarrying for? Yes. Uh, no, there's not much in the Bible about marriage. Not much in the Bible about divorce either for that matter, but there is, there's some, there's enough. Uh, but the whole seventh chapter of first Corinthians is uh, uh, about marriage uh, about relation th relationships in marriage. It's about being married to the, the I mean, the list is multitudinous uh, about all kinds of things that have to do with marriage. I don't have the verse memorized, but there is a verse uh, in the seventh chapter of first Corinthians that indicates that once a person's spouse dies, uh, that they can remarry. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, it, it, it basically is like when a spouse dies, it's like the reset button has been set, been pushed, so to speak, and life just starts over and indeed does it ever. So uh, you'll have to go look that up for yourself. I don't have that verse, those verses memorized about that. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. Brother Hurt, um, I was talking to Drew and he sent me a question that he'd like us to ask. Um, if it's my understanding right, when you took over Temple, it wasn't in the best shape. Am I correct? Correct me if that's I'm wrong on that. So right. he's asking, how how did you go about rebuilding a church that's falling apart to where it is today? Like, how would you go about doing that? Okay. Well, uh, uh, Temple Baptist was a wonderful church when I got there. Uh, man, loving, caring people. And, uh, and I, I thought a lot of the pastor too, I knew the former pastor. Uh, we talked a few days ago on the phone, uh, well over an hour. Uh, 
And every time we talk, it's a minimum of 45 minutes, usually over an hour. And uh, we just, uh, under other circumstances, it, you know, if we wasn't going in two different directions, he and I probably could be best friends. Uh, but the church did go through a lot of grief, a lot of problems uh, before I got there. And, uh, and, and all I'll say about that is this, is that I really tried to minister to broken hearts. They were broken hearted to see their pastor uh, move on. And he just retired, you know, uh, for a little bit. And then he, and now he's actually pastoring another church. Uh, it's hard for preachers to retire. I don't plan on retiring as long as I'm healthy enough to pastor, preach, whatever. Uh, but, uh, but he, he, he moved on it. There's a lot of broken hearts, a lot of hurting. And, uh, and, uh, there was a, there was, but there was bitterness in the church, and uh, different people was shooting at different ones uh, verbally uh, in the hallways, in the aisles, but under the table, you know, and things that kind of thing was going on. And I, I just tried to minister to to hurting bitter people. I tried to I tried to preach toward the subject when I would get up, uh, and I'd try to do anything I could do to provoke worship. I'll, I'll give you this. You know, at temples, very common for people to just get up out of the pews uh, impromptu and move to the altar and just pray right in the middle of the service. And you've seen it many times. They'll weep and pray and worship. And some of them are broken. Some of them are joyful. Uh, and that there's something that happens during those times that a pastor can't do. There are things that get fixed during those times that I can't fix. And uh, so I'm just, I'm just going to say that, uh, uh, you know, you was talking about the criticism thing a while ago. Uh, I tried not to respond when, when, uh, when, when somebody would say something adverse about me. It was usually because of who I was favoring or who I was not favoring during this. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't their wonder boy or whatever, you know, right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I, I tried hard uh, not to allow myself to come back. At Just let them say what they got to say and move on. And the reason why, and, and I hope you'll please put this away in your mind is that uh, for the future, is that coming back at somebody, number one, I know what to say. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, if you look up sarcasm in the dictionary, my picture could be decided. Uh, <laughs> I'm a poster boy for that. <laughs> so so I, I never, ever lack for a comeback. And one of the hardest things I did was to not come back. Just let them say, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and that doesn't mean you don't defend yourself at all. If somebody says, you did yeah, this, right. didn't, you say, well, you know, that's not, not I didn't do that. Uh, but outside of that, uh, I just I, I, I just took it on the chin. I apologized to people and had to literally sit and think of a way that I could make up something to apologize about. Uh, and, 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 uh, and so, 
and, and you know, I'm telling you, our day in the ministry and your day is going to be worse. It's hard to pastor a church because so many opinions, so much, so much, uh, just people just be toward you, just rude, flat rude to each yes. other. Don't ever let yourself fall into that. There's no profit in it. I'll give you this. I had, I, I don't even, I lost count. And I mean this literally. I lost count of how many people left the church and came back. And the, those ones that came back, if I just slammed the door when they left, would have never come back. And so you don't slam the door. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and I'll give this to you. I'll probably teach session on it one time. Close all doors softly. Close all doors. When you leave some place behind, there's something in you that makes you want to say, well, I'll tell you right now, bless you. I'm going to let these people hold it. When I go out the door, I'm going to finally say what I've been wanting to say. All of that feels good, and it, all of that's out of hell. It is not God. It's the it's the mouth of a scorner. And you don't want to look up in the Bible and see what it says about in the book of Proverbs about what a scorner is. Don't allow yourself to become that. And if you and if you uh, comb Proverbs for the definition of a scorner, it's very close to a sarcastic person, which is scary to me. Uh, I don't want to be that guy. And uh Sarcasm's not all gone. I just won't point that sarcasm gun at uh, anymore. You know, so whatever. I, I, I'm not trying to make myself sound noble. I have my moments. God bless Brenda's heart. Heart, she no telling what she. <laughs> uh, but uh, but most of the time, the Lord helps. I'm grateful. For that. So anyway, uh, preacher, uh, it, it goes along with what you were saying about the worship at temple. This is. This is my question. Yeah. When you're when you're minding God in a service, obviously you're listening to him first. But yes. what is something that because, you know, I've been in, you know, countless services there now that I'm going to college there and you'll call somebody up to preach or you'll just have the choir sing for the whole service. What do you look for most uh, when you're minding God in a service like that? Well, there are many variables that comes in, goes into that. I will say this. I don't have quotable quotes, but this might be one of them. I actually got this from Dean McNeese, and it stuck with me. Dean said, if you're going to run a Holy Spirit-led church service, you've got to be willing to hurt any, you got to be willing to hurt anybody's feet except for the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so what, what does that mean? Well, so-and-so was scheduled to sing for crying out. Didn't get to sing. Yeah. And that happened the last time she got Or the last time he got Well, you know, I hear you. And I'll, I'll tiptoe around that stuff as much as I can, but not at the expense of stopping God what he wants to do in the church service. And I know, you know, I'm not almighty. Uh, and let me just say this. I get wrong, and you can too. Uh, I, I, but I try not to. And uh, 
you know, it, I'll, I'll give it to you like this. The Bible says, admit your way unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. That means, that means you, you commit your way. Let's commit this church service to God. Yes, and Lord, you have your way in it. And the Bible says, if you do that, when, you know, I'm pointing it now toward a church service, commit thy way unto him and your thoughts will be established. That thing that comes into your mind, that means he'll guide, he'll steer your thinking. That makes sense? He'll yes, steer sir. your thinking during the course of a service. And I must believe that he's doing that or I'm not anointed to be that guy in the church service. I'm not anointed to run a church service if, if he's not doing that. So I must believe that. And so what if, and, and you've seen it before. I, I've brought people up before when I, I was half scared because I didn't know what they was going to say. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with planning a service. We do. We go in with a plan. We're going to go by yes, this sir. unless the God, unless the God, unless the Lord steers us away. Yeah. And uh, it, we're not so rigid uh, that God can't do something and move the service. Uh, I, I will say this in many pastors' defense. Uh, the larger your church is, now, you know, we, we, we probably average around 500-ish on Sunday. Uh, the larger a church is, the harder it is uh, to follow that leading uh you can but it has to be and and the more media there is and the more tv there is and all that kind of thing but but we mm -hmm. still with that said we still have got to let god have his way in a church service and frankly fellas that's old-fashioned that's that's old time yes, uh it's not even uh even I, I had we've got many people in our church or several anyway that used to be Church of God or Pentecostal or things like that. And, and of course, they're known for that kind of thing. But they are mm -hmm. telling me that that denomination has gotten away from that. Uh, this just fo following the Lord in a church service that way. And that's one of, one of the reasons they wind up at our place. Of course, we don't we don't practice the sign gifts and things like that. And, and uh, they're able to accept that, apparently. And so... Uh, uh, you know, times have changed, and this thing about feeling a nudge from the Lord to go in a certain direction is is, is no longer popular. Uh, but I don't, you know, Larry Brown was my pastor. I don't know another way, and uh, I don't I don't plan on changing that anytime soon. Uh, and that has definitely rubbed off on my son-in-law's Brent. Car and CT towns, and it's rubbed off on them. God knows. I mean, they will follow the Lord in a church service, yes, uh, and uh, and uh, a lot of these other students that I used to have, they're that way as well. And uh, I consider it uh, not a deterrent. I consider that a perk. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, Brother Brandon, it looks like we're getting up on six forty. Yes, sir. So, um, Brother Steve, is there anything you want to say before uh, before we end this podcast? We're going to let you close us in prayer. Um, okay. But is there is there anything else you want to say? Yes. Do you want me to just say something and then go ahead and close? Yes, sir. Yes, All sir. Right. Sure. Uh, yes, uh, I love what you guys are doing. I love the initiative you're taking here. 
Uh, there's no profit in this for you or anything. You're just trying to minister to people that are like you in ministry and things of that nature. And so uh, my hat's off to you. Continue to be that way. One of the worst things you can do in ministry is to uh, get in a rut. Uh, You've constantly got to keep your mind open to the Lord and keep seeking him and searching from him. Where do we go from here? What's next? Look, we've had to really be innovative during these Corona days. And uh, uh, crying out loud, your pastor's learning to do Zoom calls. You know, Uh, you know, know, overnight I became a televangelist, you know, I'm, and uh, I'm preaching to walls and I'm preaching to books and I'm preaching to uh, empty auditoriums. Uh, But, but, you know, it's who we are is what we do. One thing I love about the Lord is he's never, he's not boring. The ministry's not boring. It's always, there's always exciting. And I'll say this too. This is the most exciting days that have ever been. We're living in it. We're watching prophecy take place as hard and fast as it can go. If you, if you want to watch prophecy take place, kick on Fox news and sit back and enjoy the ride, eat some popcorn and drink a Coke. You know, (laughs) Uh, it's just, it's just, Great days to live, and uh, I love uh, being with you guys tonight. And uh, hope maybe we get get to do it again one day. Amen. Yes, sir. I'll, yes, sir. I'll, pray. I'll pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for these guys for their ministries. Uh, Lord, uh, I want to thank you for the preaching ability uh, that you've already given these men. Lord, it, it's just uh, incredible. Some of the sermons I've had, I've heard. Uh, that I've read that come from some of these guys and some of the, Lord, I want to thank you for Drew preaching in my pulpit Sunday night, Drew Carson, Lord. And I want to thank you for bringing him through that awful tornado. Uh, Lord, his house was stripped completely off the foundation and they survived it, Lord. That is you. And I thank you, Father, for the fire you gave this boy when he got up to preach Sunday night. Uh, I want to thank you that you, I want to thank you that I got it right. I want to thank you, Lord, that, uh, you know, Lord, when I throw somebody up there, uh, I don't know what they're going to do, how well they're going to. Well, I don't know what's going to happen uh, when it's someone like, like like a young preacher. But, Father, I felt that nudge from you to do that. And I, I believe, Lord, <laughs> that I heard you right. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I, I, I pray that you'll continue to bless him. And bless all these guys that are on this podcast today, this Zoom call, Lord. I, I pray that that you would keep your hand on them, Father. And Lord, I know, I know, I know that somewhere out there, you are preparing a group of people for these men. Somewhere out there, Lord, you are preparing a pastor uh, for one of these guys to come and become an assistant or become a youth director or whatever. Lord, you're preparing that. You're getting it ready for him. It's not time now, but Lord, it won't be. It'll happen overnight, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, give them patience, give them excitement. These are precious days in the ministry of watching God put things in place. Keep your hand on them for your glory. Keep them from evil that it may not grieve them. Father, and for these guys that are unmarried, Lord, the task of finding someone in this generation that believes in putting the kingdom of God 
first, there are not many of them. I pray you would steer them toward the one you have for them. I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't be all about pretty eyes and long hair or whatever uh, works for them, Lord. I pray it wouldn't be about those things, but it'd be about finding your will. Who do you have for me? I pray you would do that, dear God, and that they would know that it's you without a doubt, and that it would be somebody that has a heart for ministry. I pray in the name that has been highly exalted above every name, in that name of that one who whispers in your ear while we talk, Lord, in the, in the, in the name, Lord, that has been highly exalted above every name and to whom every knee will bow, every tongue will confess yeah. that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. amen. Well, Brother yeah. Hurt, it was a blessing to have you on this week. Yeah. And, uh, thank absolutely. Yeah, sure. Encouragement to us. Thank you, Pastor. And thank you for taking the time to answer our questions and just spend some time with us. And My, uh, for those you of you that are watching tonight, uh, we want to say thank you for tuning in. Uh, yeah. And we want to say next week. yeah, tune in next week. We have another another very special guest for you, and we're excited for that. My, my two pastors, two weeks yes. in a row. Yes. <laughs> but thank you all for tuning in this week, and we hope you all have a great yes, great weekend and a great rest of the night with your family. Just enjoy it. Brother Hurt, thank you again, and, and uh, we yes, look forward to, so to, doing it, to doing it another time. And yes, sir. But we, we thank you all, and we hope you all enjoyed it, and, and tune in next week and the weeks to follow. And enjoy the night with your family. God bless.